I've always loved bread. It was one of my favorite things to make and eat. A fresh baguette or oatmeal brown bread slathered with butter while still warm from the oven is what dreams are made of. Unfortunately, as most of you know, I can't eat real bread anymore. I'm stuck eating the gluten-free equivalent, which doesn't always stack up that well. However, just because I can't eat bread doesn't mean that I can't share what I know about making bread with you. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and today I'm going to talk all about bread and give you 7 tips that will change how you make bread forever. First and foremost, let's talk about the difference between lean dough and enriched dough. So there are two main types of bread dough. There's lean dough and enriched dough. The enriched bread dough is dough that has a high fat and sugar content. These sometimes have eggs or milk in them as well. These enriched breads are generally softer and more akin to white sandwich bread than traditional breads. The lean dough is bread dough that, is, that obviously has little to no fat or sugar added. These are the more classic breads like sourdoughs, Italian bread, and baguettes. These generally have a chewier texture and a crisper crust. Now there's two main methods for making bread. There's the sponge method and the straight method. Um, with these two ways, you either activate the yeast in a bit of water and mix that into flour, or you make a sponge. So the straight method is probably the way that you've always made bread. You take some water, you sprinkle, you mix sugar into it, and you sprinkle your yeast over, activate it, and then mix that in flour. The other way to do it is to activate your yeast in a bit of water with flour, and this creates what's known as a sponge. Now the real difference um, is that with the sponge method, you can use less sugar or no sugar at all, as the yeast will feed on the natural sugars in the flour. Generally for this technique, you need to use good quality unbleached flour just so you get the, the full um, uh, starch content of the flour. And there's really two benefits to using this sponge technique over the straight method. Number one, this is how you get lean loaves of bread like classic French baguettes that are just so delicious. Again, with the chewy interior and the crispy exterior. And number two, it leads into the next tip, starters. So using a starter to make bread is probably the oldest way to make leavened bread. And by probably, I mean it absolutely is the oldest way to make leavened bread. Originally, flour and water would be mixed together and let to, left to sit to collect natural yeast from the air. There was also, also natural yeast in the flour because it wasn't as refined as our flour is today. The, the dough would then be used to make bread, but a small portion of the dough would be saved to be added to the next batch. And every time bread was made, a little piece of dough would be saved, or a starter would be saved, and added to the next batch. This starter would contain enough yeast and leavening power to raise the next batch of dough. It would also add flavor as it would continue to age and sour over time. This is how our ancestors made bread for thousands of years. We use similar techniques today for making sourdough bread. The only real difference is that instead of collecting yeasts from the air, we generally use a commercially produced yeast for our starter. The starter is really just the sponge from the sponge method I just mentioned. So to make sourdough, you start with a sponge and let it sit. So you mix flour, water, and a bit of yeast, and you let that sit. And then every day you take a little bit of that away, and you add a little bit of more flour and water. You don't need to add any more yeast. It will continue to feed. 
And then when you want to make bread, you simply take half your starter and use it as the sponge in your bread. And then you feed the leftover starter a little more flour and a little more water. Now, when you make your bread, you may need to add a little more yeast to get it to rise in the desired time. But if you have 12 hours to let the dough sit, it will rise just from the starter. So then you just you know feed your starter again and continue the process. And as you continue to feed it and it grows, it'll sour. And that's how you get sourdough. Now, rest in between mixing and kneading. This is a really simple thing that you can do that I find really improves the texture of bread. After all the ingredients are mixed and everything's brought together and you have your dough formed, let it rest for five to 10 minutes before you knead it. I don't really know the science behind this, but I do find that it gives the bread a much better texture. Try it for yourself. Steam. If you've ever wondered how bakers get that, um, that thick, crisp crust of baguettes or French rolls, the secret is steam. When the bread goes in the oven, the oven is injected with steam. This delays the formation of the crust, allowing the high heat of the oven to penetrate more deeply into the surface of the bread. Once the steam is evaporated, the crust begins to form, giving a nice thick crust layer that is crispy and delicious. You can simulate this by heating a cast iron pan in your oven. When you put your bread in the oven, throw a handful of ice cubes into the cast iron pan, shut the door until the bread is cooked. This will give you that steam that you need to delay the crust. Heat. The temperature at which you cook bread has a major impact on flavor and texture. The general rule of thumb is that lean doughs get cooked on high heat between 375 and 450, and rich doughs are cooked on lower temperatures around 350 to 400. Now this is really important um, if you get into making dough or bread without a recipe, um, which is how I prefer to do it. But if you're following a recipe, you don't really need to know that. Now the cooking vessel. When I was really focusing on learning to make bread, there were two major aha moments for me when it came to actually cooking the bread. The first came when I started using a pizza stone. A pizza stone is a big piece of ceramic that you put in your oven and that can withstand pretty high heat. You can get them at grocery stores or any kitchen supply store. These work really well for making freestanding loaves like baguettes. You just slide the, the dough onto the, uh, onto the stone, you know, add your steam to the oven, close the door and let it cook, and you get beautiful, beautiful bread. The second aha moment came when I saw someone using a Dutch oven to cook the bread. They heated the Dutch oven in their oven, um, and once it was hot, they carefully lowered a round freestanding loaf into it, put the lid on, and put it back in the oven. Having the lid on the Dutch oven trapped all the escaping steam and caused the delayed crust formation I talked about above. If you really want good quality bakery bread, a Dutch oven or a pizza stone are the ways to achieve it. So there you go. There's seven kind of tips or things I know about bread that can help you kind of change how you make bread forever. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food and Five brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. Of course, you can like, subscribe, rate, comment, and share this podcast. Uh, tell your friends about it. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food and Five. And tomorrow is Thursday. That means it is Brief History Day. I'll see you then.